Okay, <coughs> let's begin our discussion of Parshas Kisisa, Tavshin Pei Beis, uh, as we have these two very large alios uh, at the beginning of the parsha. Tonight's year's sponsor, Leili Nishmas, my aunt, Shalamis Etel Bas HaRamechel Shimon, my namesake, Shalamis Etel Bas HaRamechel Shimon, whose yard site is is uh, tonight. Um, let us get into Parshas Kisisa. Now, Egel also scheduling note, I hope to better give a year next week, but it would be Monday. If um, just uh, traveling later in the week for a c- couple of days, but I hope uh, hope to give it earlier um, next week. Okay, so we will focus on Cheta Egel, even though there's a lot before Cheta Egel as well. We have the Shkalim and the Kiyar and the Ketores and the Mishkan, but tonight we're going to focus uh, most of our attention on the on the uh, Egel. And we start off Paraglamid Base where the Egel is uh, discussed. Pasig Vav. So we have here the story of the Egel and the gold that was uh, taken. Aaron Akoin tells them, Get the gold, bring it to me. They brought all the gold. He took it. They made an Egel. Vayar Aaron, Aaron sees, he sees the Mizbeach, Vayivim Mizbeach Lafana, Vayikra Aaron, Vayomar, Chag Lashem Machar, Chag Lashem. Aaron says, built the Mizbeach, Vayashkimu Mimacharas. And the next day, the next day, it was more than one day, Vayalu Olos, Vayagishu Shlamim, they brought Karbanas Ola and Shlamim, Vayeshev Ha'am Le'echol V'Shaso, and then they sat down to eat, Vayakumu L'Tzachik. And then Hashem comes in and says, Moshe, bad news. Bad news. Your nation has destroyed themselves. Right? They have gone, they have gone away quickly. Right? We mentioned years ago, the Bnei Yisachar, there's only two psukim in the entire Torah that start off with a Samach. This is one of them. The other one, because a circle, the Bnei Saskar says, a circle is unending. So sometimes we see we're in, we're in an unending cycle of hate, of sin. Saru maher, we can't get out of it. But we realize the cycle of tshuva and Hashem's forgiveness is also um, unending, and that's the samach. The uh, circle, Saru maher and slachna. So Saru maher, they've left, they've quickly made an ego, they bow down, they sacrificed, and they've called it a god. So let's read together the Arachayim HaKadosh. The Arachayim asks one basic question, but then expands upon it. And that basic question is, why did Hashem wait an extra day? That's the question. Kasha, the story is described that Bnei Yisrael did what they did, and they got the gold, and they built the Mizbeach, and then the next day they got up, and they brought Karbanos on that on that uh, Mizbeach. And they started having uh, festive meals. And then Hashem comes in and says, Moshe, go quickly. Sarah Maher, ask the Arachayim Kasha. Lama lo asa Hashem baruchu hargasha bishas maiso egel take it from yad. Lomar lo Moshe raid kishiche samcha. Why did he, didn't he say right away? Wouldn't it save them? It would have saved, they built them as bayach, they went to sleep, the next morning they woke up and they gave karbanas. Why not Hashem tell Moshe on the first day, go stop them. What, it wasn't bad enough that they they built the Egel? That they, Hashem waited for them to bring Karbanos to the Egel? Why did Hashem wait? If they were already in the spiral down, then why did Hashem just say the first day? Why my Machras? The Ode. And it would have helped out if Hashem would have been makpid on it right away. They wouldn't have brought Karbanos. Right? They built the Mizbeach the first day. Right? They built the Mizbeach and they said, let's have a party tomorrow. So right then, Hashem knew what was going on. And don't think, says the Arachayim, that really Hashem did tell him the first day. But Moshe just went down the second day. 
Shaharei Bidivri Hashem Nomar. But no, in Hashem's words, we just read it. Vayishtachvulo Vayizbuchulo. So Hashem's talking about the Karbanis in past tense. That means it's day two when Hashem spoke to Moshe. Vihagam, it says the Archaim, and yes, I know what Chazal say. Hagam Sha'amru, the Gemara says at the beginning of Masechas Avodazara, Lohayu Yisra Ru'uyim Lausa Maisa. There was an element of divine, I would call it the opposite of divine inspiration, the opposite of Siyat Hashmaya. HaKadosh Baruch Hu kind of helped orchestrate the Egel in order to show history that there's the power of Tshuva. So Hashem kind of had it in the in the plans. So maybe that's why he waited, because Hashem wanted them to really fall. But they could have gotten that message even from day one, from building the Egel. Even on the first day, they already said that in Pasuk Dalad. They already accepted this this uh, Egel as a god. So what more? That would have already taught us tshuva. And again, he keeps referencing how you might answer the question before he really answers it. And though not all of them said, as Rashi says, and it was the Erev Rav, it was the mixed multitude, Al Kalpanim Shamu Kulam. Nobody argued. Nobody stood up and said, How could you say this? So they were all at fault already the first day. It was just a minority that didn't agree. Because if the majority did not feel that way, they would have killed these people who who um, chose another god. They would have they would have been killed. The Imkain, and it must be that the Marubin were also in agreement, and therefore we're back to the question. Why did Hashem wait? Why didn't he go down right away and say what happened, or tell, send Moshe Rabbeinu down right away, right when they said, Chag Lashem Machar? Right? We don't notice that it's in two days. Usually we just we assume the Chet Egel was just like one big event. No, it was two days. Right, they went to Aaron, they got the gold, the ego came out, that was day one, and they said, okay, tomorrow we're gonna have a party. And that, that's a separate question, why didn't they just have a party that, that day? Maybe it was late in the day. And then the next day, they woke up early, and they gave the carbonos, and then the story happened. Says the Arachayim, Venira Lomar. Venira Lomar. For a totally different reason, Hashem couldn't have, or wouldn't, wouldn't have wanted to come down a day early. Wouldn't have wanted to send Moshe Rabbeinu down a day early. You're right. Maybe it would have been better for Klal Yisrael in the short run. But it would have been worse for Klal Yisrael in the long run. Why? Lomar. What did Hashem tell Moshe at the beginning of this process? You're going to be here 40 days accepting and understanding and trans- getting the transmission of the entire Torah, of every single idea that will ever come up in the history of Am Yisrael. Whatever is ever going to come up, Hashem gave to Moshe every svara, every concept. At the end of the 40 days, that's when the luchos are going to be given. Hashem says, it's going to take 40 days for the transmission of the entire, complete Torah. Torah Shebech Torah Shebaal Peh, everything. So Hashem didn't want to say it. Tell him earlier. Because then forevermore, there would be part of Torah that was not transmitted to Moshe Rabbeinu. Obviously, HaKadosh Baruch already knew the first day. And it was terrible, and it was pained him. 
Diber Dvar Elokeinu, Sha'amar Memyom, Yakum La'olam. But Hashem's word that it's going to be 40 days had to be Mekuyim, had to be fulfilled. V'yam Tomar, I already gave away the punchline before. The first step is that Hashem for 40 has to be 40. And why does it have to be 40? V'yam Tomar, Lama Lachashem Hashem Machshavos Labal Yikashelu. Zu, didn't Hashem know that this was going to happen? Hashem's foreknowledge and Bechira Chavshis, and free choice. Zu Chakira Klaus Managas Abarim Barov. Okay, that's a general question, which we're not getting into now. HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows beforehand, but he still gives us uh, the ability to choose. So why didn't Hashem say 39 days? Right, I'll give you the whole Torah. If you knew that on day 39, this is what was, was going to happen. Okay, but that's not our issue now. Ki but says the Arachayim HaKadosh, it had to be 40. Hashem knew that 40 was the amount of days to give Moshe Rabbeinu all the Torah. We know 40 is a unique number in the world of Judaism and Jewish history. There are many 40s. Creation happens with 40. A creation of a baby, 40 days after fertilization, is the status of the baby. Right? 40 years in the desert created Am Yisrael, the Jewish people. Forty days of rain destroyed and recreated the world in the days of Noah. Right? There are many 40s. 40 is a unit. 40 is an entire process. Giving in the Torah was 40. Hagam lahodiyah hadargo shel Torah mikol olam shekol olam nivra b'shisha yamim v'aluchos b'riyasim l'mem yom. Right? The whole world took six days to make. The luchos, with all the Torah in them, took 40 days to make. Imagine how deep the Torah is as compared to the world. Kamama Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Chiyah, like Rabbi Yochanan says in the Medrash, Almasha Zavan Sodus Ukromim Vizesim, Kimachar Davar Shanitan Lushisha, Vikana Davar Hanitan Lumen. And therefore, maybe he says, even there's a symbolism by 40, because 40 is four tens. And we know, Ki Yeshba Dalad Drachim Klaliim, Vehem Minyan Pardes. The four levels of understanding of the Torah. Pshat, Remez, Drash, and Sod. Four. And ten is a unit. Right? Ten is a unit. It's the first double digit. Okay, the four levels of, of Kabbalistic creation. Hapshat, Oro, Meir, Ba'olam, Remez, Olam, Yitzira. Drash, Sod. So says the Arachayim, Ein lucha hadarga b'kedusha she'in gova asara. Ten is always a unit, right? Ten tfachim is a certain height of a of a wall, of a mechitza. Harei l'fanech amem. So if every unit of Torah is ten, and there are four, pardes forty, either way, that's emphasizing you can't be missing any. So when it comes to forty, HaKadosh Baruch Hu couldn't have made it any earlier, and therefore he had to wait till the next day. Again, worse for us in the short run, but in the long run, missing any part of Torah would be something that would be unfixable in history. And therefore, Hashem had to wait. Okay. So it's interesting. Shvirasan, right? Zuhi biniyasan. Sometimes we say destruction. He doesn't use this Lashem, but I'll add this. Destruction sometimes is building. Right? In order to save Torah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to allow Torah to be broken. Had to allow B'nai Yisrael to fall. And Moshe Rabbeinu breaking the Luchos. And only then complete the transmission of the Torah, which forevermore will be, will be our, our heritage and what we take with us. Okay, we continue. So Hashem says to Moshe, Lechrei, Kishichei Samcha, your nation has has destroyed again. Shiches amcha. What do you mean amcha? So again, the pashup shot is that Hashem's upset, and when you're upset about something, like a parent is upset, a father is upset at a, at, a, at a child. So the father says to the mother, "You know what your daughter did? You know, that's the pashup shot." But Rashi, of course, quotes Shiches amcha, who's Moshe's am, the Erev Rav, that Moshe Rabbeinu chose to take certain Egyptians out of Mitzrayim with him. So it's your am, it's your am. Okay. We discussed a couple of weeks ago the difference between the name Am and B'nai Yisrael. And whenever B'nai Yisrael is used, is the, it's the positives. We discussed this in B'Shalach. Because in B'Shalach, the Pesukah, the beginning of B'Shalach, 
keep uh, vacillating between B'nai Yisrael and Am. And Am is always the negative, the lowly. So here, Kishichis Amcha as well. So the Pesukim uh, continue, Sarum and Aher, and they have done an Egam Asecha Veishtach Vulo, Vayiz Bechulo, Bechulo. Vayomar Hashem Moshe, Hashem says to Moshe, after Moshe witness, uh, or actually before, when Hashem is just, this is still the report. Hashem is telling Moshe what happened. This Am is a, is a stubborn nation. Right? That's the, uh, what the Uncle says in Kshayoref. They're, they're stiff-necked people, literally. Leave me alone. And I will, I will let my wrath Go on them and destroy them. And Moshe, you know, I'll start again with you. And then the next pasuk is the laning for a fast day. Moshe says, no way. It's not about me. Not about me. Okay. Amkshe Orev. So the Rev Sternbach points out that when Hashem tells Moshe what happened and then he summarizes it, what does he say? This is an Am that's an Oved of Doesn't say that. Doesn't say that we're idolaters. Doesn't say we're rebels. He picks up on a midah, not on a chait. Says the Tamvadas of Sternbach. V'niflaim hadvarim shahachait atzmo lohaya dai bazeh bo kadeh lachalosam. When Hashem says I want to destroy them, it's not because of the sin. The egel is not mentioned. I want to destroy them because they are kishay oref. Because they refuse to listen to those who try to better them. The meat of Sheoref is not wanting to listen. Turning our backs, turning our necks to someone who's talking to us. Hashem would have wanted to destroy us. He would have. Had Moshe Rabbeinu not stood up. There's no more inferior trait, character trait, than stubbornness. Why? Because there's no hope then. We always fall, and we always make mistakes, and we always have what to need to improve. But, as long as we're ready to listen, send this hope for improvement. But if not... The bird doesn't want to change, doesn't want to straighten. And if I am crooked, I'm not going to want to change. Not going to want to change. And that's why the quotes from the Chazonish, that's what you look for in a Shidduch. And a Shidduch's family. Right? A dangerous Midah is is stubbornness and and set in my ways, and this is how it's going to be. It's my way or the highway, or whatever the phrase is. Amkshayorif. It's that mida that Hakadosh Baruch Hu saw in us. You know, if it's channeled, then it can be something great, right? The, right there's a Gemara, right, that, that talks about we're kshayorif, we're stubborn, we never let go of Hakadosh Baruch Hu in the positive. Here it's being used in the negative. But in the positive, right? What other nation would have suffered so many thousands of years, and we don't, we don't let go. We don't let go. Amkshe Oref, right? And that's the even I saw one of these I've used before, but I didn't notice the other one until this week. There are two separate mitzvahs of the smak. Sefer mitzvahs cut on one of the baliatosvus who have a sefer mitzvah. He has two mitzvahs I say that most monia mitzvahs do not have. Two mitzvahs. The first one we've quoted in the past, the second one we haven't, but they both are needed to be misakin, so to speak, the kshayoref that is, that is, uh, prevalent in our parsha. First, mitzvah number nine. Mitzvah tes. In the smak, ramba v'smag lo manu mitzvazu. Right? He points out the rambam and the smag did not count this mitzvah. Lo bechala asem lo bechala What I'm about to count. The Rabbi Menilchas Deos talks about it. It's a Mida. But the Smach says, Lomul or Laslev. To circumcise the foreskin of the heart. What does that mean? To uncover my heart. 
Says the smock, two points. Number one, to love those, to love rebuke, tochacha, and to love those who give the tochacha. Those are both crucial. But that's a mitzvah says the smock. To be ready to accept tochacha. That's the opposite of kshayoref. The opposite of what HaKadosh Baruch Hu says in this week's parsha. The opposite. Lahov tochacha is lahov mishi yochichanu. Kam shlomo emelech al vashalom. Right, Oref, there's the Oref, but this is the Tikkun. This is the Tikkun that we have to do for the, the Chet Egel. Number one. Number two, there's another mitzvah that we haven't mentioned before in Ashir. Mitzvah Yudalit, again, close to the beginning, says the Smak. Again, the Ram and the Smak don't have this. The Smak is very creative. Says the Smak, Shelolios Tzadik Be'enav. We shouldn't think of ourselves as so amazing. I'm perfect. I don't need tochacha. I'm good. That's a mitzvah. Dichsiv. Al tomar bilvavcha. Ba'adof Hashem elecha osam ilfanecha lemar b'tzid koscha eviani. When good things happen to you, right, don't think that, oh, Magili, you know, I'm, you know, I deserve it. There's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah not to think that way. Or a losase. Don't think that Hashem is giving you a gift because you deserve it. If you get a little, think of it as a lot. If you get a lot, think of it as a little. And if I have this attitude that is never because I deserve it, Hashem has, you know, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives me life and I'm a shliach and I'm a worker. And Hashem decides what I need to, to do my, to do my job. And if I always have that attitude, then I'll be open to improving. As is described in, in the Rambam in Hilchus Shuvah. And we have to realize and think that we, our lives make a difference. And every action that we do makes a difference. So these are the positives that come out of what Rav Sternbach writes about Amkshe Oref, again, the reason HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to destroy us after the Egel does not say because we sinned, but because we have this Midah. Because even if we sinned, there'll be hope. There'll be hope. But obviously how they treated Aaron, how they treated Chur, you know, did not leave any, did not leave any, uh, anything to, to, to be open. And that's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu says that. But we, in the positive, have to learn and focus on what the Smak says. To have our, have a mila of the heart and to recognize that everything the Baruch Hu gives us is a gift. Okay. Next Pasik. So these are the, this, this, uh, this cluster of Sukkim is what we're focusing on this year, all about the Chayte Egal. Next Pasik, Vayachal Moshe. Well, let's start for the previous Pasik first. Yud. Vata So Hashem says, leave me alone. Hanichali. And let my anger go out on them. I will destroy them. Next pasuk, Vayechal Moshe. Moshe Davins. And he beseeches, Es Pnei Hashem Elokav. Vayomer, where we know this from, the fast day, Loma Hashem Why are you getting so angry? Right, Hashem says, Vayicharapi. Moshe says, Why are you Vayicharapi? And he says, Yecharapcha Be'amecha. Right, see this in context. Right, what was the five sukkim earlier? Hashem says, Hashem says, Shiches Amcha. Hashem, Moshe puts it right back. Right back at Hashem. Yechara Abcha Ba'amecha. Asher Hosei Samer Mitzrayim. That you took out. Right, again, this is what it said before. Asher Ha'alesa. It's exactly opposite of what Hashem said in Pazik Vayin. Right, we're just not, we just think Vayachal is like the beginning of a section because that's what we hear on a fast day. But really, it's exactly parallel to Pazik Zion. Lama Yomer Mitzrayim Leimar Baros Yom Ha'arogas Amarim, and then Moshe gets into Chil Hashem, and then he gets into Tzchusavos. Moshe brings out everything he can, everything he can to get to get forgiveness. Okay, Pasuk Yud, Pasuk Yud Aleph. What's the relationship and the transition from them? Pasuk Yud Hashem says, "Leave me alone. Let me be angry, and I'm going to destroy them." Next Pasuk, Moshe turns around and davens. So we are influenced and brainwashed in a good way by Rashi. Right, Rashi, we, Rashi, we're familiar with the two psukim. Hanichali, leave me alone. What does Hashem say by leave me alone? So Rashi says, Hanichali, Adayin lo shamanu shizpala Moshe aleim. Moshe doesn't dive in and told him the next pasuk. What does Hashem say? Leave me alone. Leave me alone sounds like somebody's bothering me, and I say leave me alone. 
Moshe hasn't said a word yet. Moshe hasn't said a word yet to Hashem. Ah, it must be Hashem's alluding to him, you know, start grabbing onto me. Start grabbing onto me. Figuratively, of course. Rashi quoting the Medrash. Hashem says to Moshe, leave me alone to kind of hint to him, don't leave me alone. Don't leave me alone. You know, if you, if you don't stop, I'm gonna, so dot, dot, dot. That's Rashi. But if you look at Unculus, Unculus says, Pasagyud, Uka'an, right, what does he say Anichali means? Anach ba'usach min kadamai. What's ba'usach from the word ba'uson? Slow son of ba'uson. Tfila, davening. Hashem says, don't daven. Don't daven and let me get angry. And what does Moshe do in the next passage? He davens. So ask the Nitziv, ask the Hemekdavar. Hashem told Moshe, don't daven. And then Moshe goes around and davens. Remember the last time Hashem said don't daven? Moshe didn't daven. Remember right before Kriyas Yamsuf? Hashem says, now's not the time to daven. Right? Move. Shoemuna, jump in the water. So the last time Hashem told Moshe not to daven, he didn't daven. How could Moshe violate what Hashem told him to do? That's the Nesiv's question. Vayichal Moshe, source number five. Ain't a move on Lafia Nero. Again, he's, the question is based on Unkelis's pshat. Right? Oh, Rashi's pshat, you don't have the question. Hashem was gozer and says, leave me alone. How did he have a heter? So the Nitziv says it's already, the answer is already embedded in, in Unculus himself. Because let's go back to the Unculus. The Unculus, again, every word of Unculus is, is used, meduyak. Uka'an, what does Hashem say? Anach ba'usach min kadamai. Let go your ba'usach. And what does the next passage say? How does Uncle say vayachal Moshe? Vitzali Moshe, kadam Hashem. Tzali, tzloson. Tiskabel, tzloson, uva'uson. Two different types of tefillah. Tzli and boi. Hashem says, don't boi me. And Moshe starts, tzali. What's the difference? So there's a thought that we've noted and others note. The Meshachachma and the Briskarov say the same exact thought. Meshachachma was earlier, earlier, earlier than the Briskarov, but they say the same exact thought on the Pasuk, on the Unkelis in Parshas Vayechi, where Yaakov Avinu says, Right, that I took from the Amori, Yaakov Avinu says, with my sword and with my bow. So on that pasik, on that pasik, the uncle says tzlusi of usi, and the meshachachem and the briskarav and the griz both say the same exact idea. Tzloson of oson. That's two different types of tefillah. One is the fixed tzli, is the fixed text, the fixed text of uh, that we uh, often uh, daven that were that was made for us that we use all the time, and of ushon is the creative, personal tefillah. Again, we're not going to get into how they use that there, and we're not going to get it back into, but again, if not, feel free to look why, why is one is compared to a sword, which has inherent power, one is compared to a, to a bow, that it depends on how the archer shoots it. Okay, that was all discussion there. But important for us is that it's two different types of tefillah. The way the Nitziv says it, the Nitziv, again, points out this difference in Unkelis, and then he says, "Sli Eloha Inyan." The Kfarin is Bar Besaver Brachus. Besides, the Kfarin Biu Vakashti. The Tefila Kvua B'Chal Yom Mikrit Salusa. The Set Tefila every day is the Salusa. The Tefila Hamiyuchedes Litzara Chashah Mikri Ba'usa. And the unique Tefila for the time, the extra Tehillim that we say, the added in personal lines that we say in davening, that's that's Ba'uson. The Gamnes Barsham, and it, I explained already there, says the Nitziv, to me Iker Adin Mishish Lot Sarak Shah Yispalshwan Ashribismana, Ubo Yichlo Chidushfilo Tsarakashah. You could have the Tsluson and in it you have the Bauson. Ubazelo in Isak Obaktim Shavak Latvili can have it all part of one. 
skipping down, When we have special needs, we can put it in the, in the fixed text. The fixed is, is connected also to teva. While the unique, creative, personal is special bakashas me'al ha'teva. Masha'enkin Moshe Rabbeinu Durav Guvre, Moshe Rabbeinu was in a different league. Tfilaso la'olamasta pri. When Moshe davened, at a certain point, Hashem can't say no. Remember Vo'eschanon? Hashem says, if you ask me to go into Eretz Yisrael one more time, I'm going to have to let you in. So stop. Don't ask again. Because Moshe had that power. Because it's Moshe Rabbeinu. The gam, so every time Moshe davened, it worked event at a certain point. The gam lo haista lo regilus l'tfila kavua shenis yachid alichos olam ateva b'vernasai dezeh. Moshe didn't have a fixed type of text. He spoke to God in the way that he spoke to him. Or Moshe lo nisrach lachach. He didn't need the fixed text. Vu machbash and hagaso haisanisus. It was all miraculous. Moshe Rabbeinu. His whole life was miracles, right? He was on our Sinai, 40 days and 40 nights, the Mon, the Be'er. It was all miraculous. So Moshe was a Ba'ushon type of individual. Mishem hachi, kishiz pala latzmik dim shavach kedin, v'chulu. V'kank sh'amr lo Hashem says, anach ba'usach, don't daven your special tefillah, Moshe. That's what Hashem was telling him. The special tefillah be'isara, you know, that, uh, uh, that I'm forbidding you to dive. And Moshe's like, okay, I'll use my other weapon. I'll use the fixed one because Moshe's fixed is also powerful. Ma'asa Moshe v'yechal Moshe. Hainu v'tsoli Moshe z'utilas kavua k'derech yerida v'derech ha'teva. Okay, Hashem. But again, if Moshe dives it, even if it's the second type of tefillah, it's going to be ose peri. U'butok k'vila kavua yisvala o lama Hashem and he talks in the part that we did not focus on where does Shevach fit in, but what's key to us is that there are many different forms of tefillah and many different types of tefillah. Obviously the whole Sefer Sharm but tefillah by Rav Pincus talks about the 10 types, the 13 types of, of davening. And we have to know and, and use and garner the power of each of the types of tefillah that there are. And that's what Moshe Rabbeinu did here. You look in the footnotes in source number 7, so he says, Moshe, you don't have your special power now. And that's why Hanichali, Moshe's like, okay, so I'll daven like tefillah lo'anikiyatov. I'll daven the tefillah of a Jew and we'll see how that goes. And of course, Moshe Rabbeinu was able to achieve forgiveness for, for us. Okay, moving right along. Getting some fascinating inyanim tonight. Uh, so Moshe Rabbeinu comes down and we don't have too much time to enjoy the luchos before they are broken. Vayifen vayirin Moshe menahar Moshe Rabbeinu goes down, pasuk tezvav, v'shnei luchos ha'edis b'yado, luchos k'suvim mishnei Avraham, they're written on two, they're able to read from two sides, miraculously, mizeh mizeh k'suvim. V'aluchos ma'ase lokim heima, v'amichta amichta v'alokim hu charis al Ha luchos. Again, not for now, but remember we've discussed in the in the past why the luchos are only described right before they're lost. Right before they're lost, they're described. Why aren't they described earlier? No, right before they're lost, because sometimes we don't appreciate things until when they're lost. We don't appreciate things until they're lost. But the Pazik says, describing them, Maiselokim, Vamikta Mikta Velokim, Charus al Haluchos. And of course, Chazal Darshan in Perkei Avos, source number eight, is quoted, Altik Recharus Elacherus. Don't read it as Charus engraved, but Cherus free. Shein Lachab Ben Charen Elamisha Osek B'Talmud Torah. Because the only truly free person is somebody who is connected and learns and abides by Torah. And Rabbi Chanan Wasserman here in the in the uh, Likut that was put together of his thoughts ala ala Torah, Rabbi Chanan discusses. Why is that? Right? If you ask somebody who is uninvolved uh, in halachic practice, looking in from the outside, they might say that being an Orthodox Jew is the most, you know, it's like you're like in jail. can't do anything. Right? You're uh, enchained. You can't eat what you want. You can't do what you want. You can't drive when you want. Somebody keeps Torah. He's free. 
Isn't it the opposite? Right? Why is that? Why is that true? I can do whatever I want. So doesn't that make me free? Says Rabbi Hanan, and this is spoken about Pesach time also. No, no, no. What's a free person? The ability to choose is not something positive inherently. It's only if we choose correctly is it positive. We have the power to rule over our decision making. We need to explain. If you're in a place where you can't get kosher food and you're hungry, right? Let's say I'm fleshik and I want to eat the ice cream and I and I can't. I'm I'm in jail. No, that's that's free. Says Rabbi Chanan, yes. There are many things that I'm not free to do, but I'm still called a Ben Chorin. You know what a free person is? Someone who is in control of their decisions. Because who's free? You can't do whatever you want, right? There are rules of every country. I want to go through the red light. You can't. I want to, you know, walk here. It's private property. You can't. I want to do that. I want to do that. Nobody's free to do whatever they want. And people are always also enslaved to desires that they have. Right? If somebody wants to lose weight and they can't control themselves, they're not free. They're not free. If somebody has an addiction, they're not free. A free person is someone who could make their own decisions and, and, and be rule over. I know I can make my own decisions, but do I make my own decisions? That's free. If somebody is able to rule over their decision making, when they want to get up in the morning, how they want to use their time, how they, how they uh, want to eat, how they want to, how they want to interact with people, that's free. That's free. He says, Yaakov Avinu tells Ruvain in Parshish Vayachi, why did he lose the Bechorah? Why did Reuben lose the Bechorah? Pachas kamayim al tosar. You were like water. You were like water. What's water? Rashi quotes, kamayim alalu hamamaru The water is always rushing. It's always rushing. Reuben, hashilton alachiva yitzorach liot shalom. To be the Bechorah, you have to be in control of your decisions. And not just running and, and flowing. Yaakov Avinu is mamshil his hanagatamayim, linozel in surah atzmit. Liquid, we mentioned this in other contexts, liquid water does not have its own tsura. I have to put it in a cup, I have to put it in a bowl. And the liquid, the water, takes upon itself the shape of the bowl. Right? We mentioned this by Moshe, he was the anti-water. A solid item is always itself. If I put a potato on a plate, it doesn't take up the form of the plate. It's a potato. Right, that's why even in halacha, there's something called davar gush, might have a different status, a davar gush in a klirishon. Yaakov Avinu says, since your teva is kamayim, to be a melech, you can't just, you know, take on the shape of everywhere you are. You have to be your own person. You have to be able to be sholate on decisions. Now, that doesn't mean every time we make our own decisions. Who was the bachar? Who ended up being the bachar? Yosef or Yehuda? Yehuda, maybe. Right, Yehuda, sometimes he made a mistake, but then he, he was sholit and he, and he admitted fault. And that's David HaMelech. David HaMelech was not perfect, but he admitted fault. Right, it's also hard to think about. If your father's perfect, right, David's father was perfect, one of the four people that never sinned. But, but he, you know, he made a name for himself. So Yaakov says, that's the um, type of personality that you need. And then he, Rebbe Chanan continues, but that's what he says towards the end. That is the root of being a ben chorin. Midas tovos are the result of making good decisions, of being in control of my decisions. We have to do our best to condition ourselves to make those decisions and Mamela become a religious personality with Midos, with Midos Tovos. 
And that's why if somebody withholds himself, I think I, I've told this story before. Remember, I saw it in a, uh, saw it in a safer a couple of years ago. There was a certain Rav that, that, um, was friendly with a certain Balchuva, and the Balchuva told him the following story. That the first Shabbos, he was gonna keep Shabbos. First Shabbos he was gonna keep Shabbos, he was staying in a dorm, and he was eating a meal. Okay, and then that Friday night, he went back to his room after the meal, and the light was on. And the light was on in the room. And he's like, oh man, it's my first Shabbos. Well, you know what? It's only the first one. So I, 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 I'm not really Shomer Shabbos yet. So maybe I could, maybe I could just turn it off now. You no, know, but I said I was going to keep this Shabbos. But I, back and forth and back and forth, he finally decided, you know what? I'm not going to turn it off. And he went to sleep with the light on. And he had a fitful sleep. It wasn't so restful, but he woke up in the morning and he said he never felt more free in his life because he was able to control the decision and be show late. So one looking in might say, that's not free. That's No, no that's free, because he was free to make that decision. So that's exactly what Rebbe Hanan is saying. And that's why at the end, Kim'at, The Kibbalah Satorah, Nasev Anishma, Nasev Anishma for Kabbalah Satorah. Charus, Charus, they made the decision to accept the Torah. They were the freest people in the world. Because they made the decision to accept responsibility. Okay. So Moshe Rabbeinu breaks the luchos. And just a, a thought, again, I'm not going to read inside, but just to note it, Rabbi Sachs, in, uh, in the Torah's Life-Changing Ideas, discusses two events in Moshe Rabbeinu's life. One in this week's Parsha and one in Parsha's Chukas. Moshe Rabbeinu in this week's Parsha has a public display of anger. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives him a shkayach for it. Right? Moses was not criticized for this act, done entirely of his own, of his own accord. Moshe Rabbeinu breaks the luchos, and everything is good. And yet in Parshas Chukas, Moshe Rabbeinu, the Am is asking for water, Moshe Rabbeinu gets angry, he hits the rock, and that was his downfall. And that's what one of the reasons why Moshe Rabbeinu did not go into Eretz Yisrael. What's the difference? Moshe Rabbeinu in both places was in public, got angry, and acted for what he, for, you know, what he thought was acting on God's behalf. And yet the first time, this was his greatest moment. Remember the Rashi at the end of the, at the end of the Torah? Right? He broke the luchos, Yisrael. That's his greatest feat, which we've discussed. And yet in Parshas Chukas, many different shot him about what Moshe Rabbeinu's Chait was, but one of them, the Ramam says, it was his anger. And even if it wasn't his anger, that act in anger was punished. So says Rabbi Sachs, okay, quoting the Rambam in Ilchaz Deos, well-known Rambam, where the Rambam discusses regarding every midah except for two. In life, one has to be balanced. One has to be balanced. One can't be too miserly, and one can't be too giving. There's also limits to giving. Right, one can't be too happy, can't be too sad, can't be too mean, can't be too nice. Right, there's balance to everything, but there are two midos. The Rambam says you have to go to the extreme, kaas and gaiva, which are connected, arrogance and anger. That's where the Rambam says extreme. Kaas de, I'll read the Rambam. V'chena kaas de ra'ahi ad limaod v'roi adam she yisrachek b'mena ara kitzei ha'acher. The Yilmar Atzmo, he doesn't say that it's easy, but the Yilmar Atzmo, Shalo Yichos, Afilu, Aldavar, Sheroi, Lichos, Alav. Vachinim Ratzalatel, Ema, Abanavu, Bene Beso, Vachulu, Vratzalichos, Kadeshatel, Mutav, Yare Atzmo, Bifnehem, Shehu Koes, Kadeliasram, Vatie Daitum, Yusheves, Beinola, Vain Atzmo, Kaadam Shu, Medame Ish, Bishas, Kaso, Vueno Koes. Says Rabbi Sachs, what's the difference between Cheta Egel? And Chet of Meimariva, Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu, what was the anger for? Feeling anger or showing anger? And he continues, when people are dancing around an Egel, anger is the right response. But when there is no water and the people are crying out in thirst, it is the wrong one. Their need is real and even if they do not express it in the right way. So to summarize, we should never feel anger, but there are times when we should show it. 
when that is what's needed. B'nai Yisrael needed to see anger by Cheta Egel. They needed Moshe Rabbeinu to not get up there and say, you know what? It wasn't such a good idea. No, they needed him to get up there and do something shocking, which we'll talk about more in a second. But, but that's what they needed at that time. By May Mariva, they didn't need to be shocked into anything. They were thirsty. They complained in an, in an inappropriate way. They didn't ask properly. But is that a reason to scream? So it's all about one uses it. And he writes, when what, someone who clearly cares for you, right, he talks about, you know, the, the, um, receptive of somebody else getting angry, but at the end he says, there are families and cultures where anger is used all too often. This is abusive and harmful. Anger is bad for the person who feels it and offered for the one who receives it. But the only time is when there's a cheta ego situation, which are few and far between. Again, a very challenging midah, but this is something that we learn also from the Chayta Egel. Okay. Two other points. Let's try to get in, uh, just try to qu- get in quickly. The Islam Torah of Saratskin also discusses the Shriya Saluchos, as we know, and he asked the question that many Mepharshim ask, and that is in source number 13, why do you have to break them? Right, many ask, put them away. Get angry, just put the Luchos away. You don't have to break them now. And you know, they'll... Uh, you know, do some, they'll come back. So we discussed in the past the Meshachachma. Moshe Rabbeinu was nervous. They were just going to switch the Egel for, for the Luchos. And Moshe Rabbeinu had to teach them that there's nothing inherently Kadosh. Right? Except if it's connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But says Rav Sarotskin, line 11. Let's think about what was going on here. Look at the numbers. Right. Once, once we could have hindsight, how many people were killed? 3,000. So only 3,000 people really served the Egel. One Shevet, 22,000, Shevet Levi didn't. And they fought the one, the 3,000. So what about everybody else? What about the millions of other Jews? What? 3,000 versus 22,000. Where were they? They were obviously somewhere in the middle. They were somewhere in the middle. They were wishy-washy. They were not sure. They were somewhere in the middle. Maybe, maybe Hashem, maybe Egel, maybe both. No, we'll serve the Egel one day. We'll serve the Luchos the next day. Moshe needed to show them it can't be a team. It can't be a shudfus. It can't be a shudfus. His chake Moshe laharos yad chazaka ol shaber es haluchos leinikol Yisrael. He had to shock them into recognizing that it's not both. If he would have put them away, how would they have realized? No, he had to destroy both of them. Right? He broke the luchos and he destroyed the eagle also. Right, that can't be. That's not. That's not what um, is is commanded. The only way to do it was, so to speak, shock therapy, and a a a way to destroy a way to destroy any vestige of thought that there could be a partnership in service. Moshe Rabbeinu, ironically, had to break the only choice, the luchos, in order to show them that the other choice wasn't the choice either. Okay, one final thought for the for the evening. Everything so far has been about Chet Ega. Let's have one thought post facto. So we have later on, Paraglama Gimel, Pasuk Yud Aleph, and afterwards, we're introduced to Yeshua Ben Nun. And again, we're so used to it, but we don't ask the question, why bin and not ben? Everybody else in the Torah is ben. And he's a bin. That doesn't say the two other dots from the segol became a chirik. But the Ramban deals with this. No, no, no dots. And bin is from the word bina. 
Havana. Says the Ramban, quoted in source 14, Shenagulakroso ben lechvodo. He was the greatest of the students of Moshe, the Karolo Binun, as if it's Bina. Bina. Hanavon. Right? Binun, if you switch around the words. Navon To borrow words from Yosef. Yeshua Binun was the wise one. But says the Gemara. The Gemara Menachah, Sadites, quotes the Pasuk for the beginning of Sefer Yoshua. You think this Pasuk is in the Torah. It's not in the Torah, it's in Yoshua. Lo yomer Sefer HaTorah Zemi Picha. Pasuk Zeh, Eino lo chova velo mitzvah ela bracha. Ra Kadosh Baruch Hu as Yoshua shedivrei Torah chaviv and ala biyoser. Hashem saw, says the Gemara, that Yoshua loved Torah. Shenemar, Mesharsu binu na'lo yomish midocha o'el. Amr la Kadosh Baruch Hu, Yoshua. Kolka chaviv and alecha divrei Torah. You love Torah? Okay, it's going to stay with you. Rashi, there in Menachas, Sadites, Hivticho, Shlotishtakech Torah He promised him that Torah will not be forgotten. Why? Why did Yoshua ben Nun receive that promise? Because what the Gemara say, Divrei Torah Chaviv and Allah Yoser. Says Rav Chaim Palaji, Lamadnu shemi shachavivin lo divrei Torah zochelios zachron veeno sholeach shocheach klumi koma shalomed v'iskula niflashol tishkach mimeno Torah. We all want to remember all of Torah. It's wonderful. There are programs that are out on the internet for remembering Torah, and they're all wonderful and great. Whatever people connect to, and we all try to remember. The Gemara says. Right? In Shabbos, Kuftal, it's Saman, it makes Simanim for ourselves to try to remember Torah. But you know what the greatest school to remember Torah is? To love Torah more. Because the more we love Torah, the more it's going to stay with us. We all have certain varts that we love. Why don't we forget them? Because, because we love them. Right? We don't forget the names of the people we love because we love them. The more we love, the more we, the more we, um, will remember. And he says, he is even Marumaz and David Amalach. Hanechamadim Izav and Mipaz Rav, Umisuka Midvash, Venofitsuvim, it's so sweet to us. David says, Gam Abdachon is Harbahem, and your servant is Zahir in them because of their love. Bishamram, by guarding them, Akev Rav. What's Akev? He says, Akev is from the word Sof, right? The, at the end, right? It's, it's not gonna, it's gonna be a lot at the end. We're not gonna forget. So Yeshua Benun was Zochet to such such Torah because of the love that he had. And then he even quotes what the Chavetz Chaim says. Fascinating question. We know the five Talmidim of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. One of them was Rabbi Elizabeth Herkinus, who the Mishnah says, Borisid Abitipa. He remembered everything. Remembered everything. Amazing. Ask the Chavetz Chaim. Ask the Mepharshim. Perkiyavos is about teaching us. We're supposed to copy. Right? Smile. And who's wise. That, so he had a great memory. What does that have to do with me? Why is that in Perkyavos? He was Barsud Shainam Abitipa. Okay, but I'm not a Barsud Shainam Abitipa. So why is this in Perkyavos? Says the Chavaz Chaim, because of Lazarus Urkinus wasn't a Barsud because he was born that way. He was a Barsud because he loved it so much. And because he loved it, and there are other Chazals about him, because he loved it, he never forgot it. Right, that is something that that. Many of our Gdola Yisrael. It's not that. Some of them do have photographic memories. But many of them don't have photographic memories. So why do they remember Torah? Because they love it. So we have to do our best to follow the lead of Yeshua ben Nun to be able to love Torah as much as we can. Okay, we'll stop here. And again, next week, I hope to give a shear, but it'll be, if it happens, it'll be Monday. It'll be Monday. Okay, we'll stop here.